All right, we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, welcome, everyone. Thanks for taking the time to show up to the community call where we are going to present uh, a few SIPs today to the Spartan Council. Um, we're going to go ahead and start with SIP 130. Um, let's see here. We've got four we're going to present today. So why don't we go ahead and um, start with SIP 138. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to um, David, uh, the other David from the aesthetics team. Um, to talk about that SIP. Um, now, the one, uh, we get the benefit of raising hands using this format, but the one downside is there, unfortunately, is no option to share screen. So um, if you want, I'll try to describe exactly where you can go to look at the, the SIP that we're discussing. So if you go to um, sips.synthetics.io, that's S-I-P-S.synthetics.io, um, on the top right corner, there's a little uh, all SIPs button. So you can click on that and then find, if you scroll down to the proposed section um, and you find uh, 138, which is update volume tracking event. Um, it's pre being presented by David Schwartz and that's the first SIP we're going to go over today. So I will turn it over to David. Then okay. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, David. <laughs> um, all right. So this SIP is very basic. Um, the problem is uh, when we we need to track volume sources for uh, the volume partner program so we can pay out people at the end of each period. And on L1, um, in order to properly track the fees, we have to listen to two events. So the first event is the exchange tracking event. And I forget the name of the second event, but I think it's like exchange appended. and. Uh, that second event only fires if there's a um, a waiting period. So only it only fires if there's fee reclamation. And right now on layer one, we have fee reclamation, so there's no problem. But on layer two, we're looking to get rid of fee reclamation. And according to the contracts right now, that will not fire the second event. And that means we can't track volume sources on L2. Now, it's pretty easy to fix this. Um, I have the PR finished. Uh, there's a couple of tests that I need to, I, I wrote a while ago, so there's a couple of tests I need to fix later today. But basically, there's a, a little piece of data that's already available that we just need to emit in the first event. And uh, we can kind of, it makes it easier also on L1 to track this. And um, means on L2, we can get rid of fee reclamation and still be able to track uh, volume data. So that's the entirety of the uh, SIP. Is there any questions? Um, I don't know what else to say. I would just say that it's not actually getting rid of fee reclamation. It's more making it just conditional. So, you know, we're not, the contracts basically have conditional fee reclamation. So if it's set to zero, as it is on uh, L2 right now, then it just will bypass fee reclamation, which is what we want to go with um, with, uh, with L2 once we're ready for exchanging. I have a question, if possible. Uh, so can you guys hear me? Yes. 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 Yeah. So, uh, from what I understand, um, the the event also misses uh, something important, which is the round ID of uh, the oracle at which the price was taken. Uh, the the event the, the doesn't include that. Am I correct? Because this one is emitted by the Second event, the fee reclamation one. Well, why do we need the round ID for this? That's where I'm confused. I think he wants to use it. I, well, I think there's a reasoning for developing like, tracking. Uh, yeah, it helps with uh, tracking um, prices. So if you want to set up a UI one day, uh, or you want to monitor your uh, trades, it would be good to have a round ID that would you would link up to Chainlink so that you can do it easily. Otherwise, you have to do do it with block numbers, and it's not very clean. Uh, we so discussed about this. Go ahead, please. 
Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't interrupt you, but yeah, no, like the the exchange tracking event doesn't have round IDs. Um, we could theoretically add it in there, round ID of both, because you need both both rates, right? Because if you went from BTC to ETH, you'd need the excuse me, the round ID of BTC and the round ID of ETH. So we could theoretically do both if we need to. It wasn't part of this SIP though. Um, in there anyway, we could add a little I, bit more, it's a tiny bit more gas, but. I actually don't think, I, no, I, I, don't, I don't think we need it because the subgraphs can actually track all of the rates and you can, while you're syncing the subgraphs, you can get the rates data without emitting anything from the event. Uh, you just need the currency keys of the trade. So as long as you have the currency key at the time of the trade, you can get the rates without emitting anything else. Well, yeah, you'd have to use the block numbers and get the latest rate that's available uh, at that block number. That's true. But it's um, not a very... But, but no, 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 no. The, the subgraphs do all of that for you. So, like... Um, sure, but I, block numbers, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, no. So, when you're when you're thinking of the subgraphs, so every block, uh, it listens for new events. And it also tracks the rates separately. So when you get an event, as long as you have the currency keys, you can look up the rates and save them with the while it's syncing. So as as a developer, it's it's pretty easy actually. I can I can set up a separate call with you and walk through how it works if you want. Have you tested it on L2, David? Um we have a subgraph on L2 that uh it's not doing that for this specific thing, but we do track rates on L2 and that's working. Um, so it's just a matter of attaching the rate to the event once it once it fires, which it's sure. it's not. It, so I think maybe you and me, we can set up a, a short call to go over some of this stuff. And if it turns out we need another SIP, we can add it in the future, but I, I do think we'll be okay. Uh, sure. I, I do want to mention that on L2 timestamps don't work like on L1. So you would have things that might break that you'd need to take into account. You cannot assume that everything that happens on L1 is portable to L2. So right, right. with that said, I don't want to slow down the SIP just for this. I thought that it would be a quick win to since we're adding events to a topic emitted. We could take advantage and cover this as well, but if it's um, already we, planned, we could. the pipeline and done. I would, I would say it's a new event. Um, it's a bit more gas. We'd probably want to profile the gas on L1 and L2 before adding a new event. We wouldn't really add it to anything existing. I don't sure. think it fits in anything existing. Um, I don't want to break any existing third-party tracking. So, but yeah, I think it's probably easy enough to take this offline. Sure. I would have to explain it later. Right. My last comment is you can get the rates without a block number or a timestamp. So uh, as long as the node is syncing the Ethereum chain, it should be done in order. So L2, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't work properly, but uh, I agree. Like we, we should have a call and we'll, we'll go I think, over it. I think it's because uh, Caleb's using, thinking of like normal ETH lookups and you give it a block number and say, what is it at this block number? Or is it the block number is not incrementing then? He's like, how do you get that fidelity of knowing what the rate was at that time, right? Which is exactly. information the other exactly. So we can, we can take that off. Yeah. We can take this off. Yeah, we can take this offline and talk and follow up with the graph as well to confirm how they're doing it, how they're inferring what the what the rates are at the time. But the block number lookup might not give you the fidelity that that you need. Is what his point is. Like as the block, as the graph is replaying, as the graph is replaying every transaction, like, I mean, they probably are replaying every line. That's what they're probably doing. Not just going look up by block. They're just replaying from Genesis every single transaction and using that. So if you do that, Caleb, and you build up your database or entity that way, then you're going to be fine, right? Which is what the graph does. Yeah. So that's, that's what they do. That's why if there's a transaction that happens before the events admitted, that's a new rate we'll have saved that already in the database and we could just look that up. So the rates are always real time. It doesn't matter what the timestamp or the block number is, it should just work well, basically. Sure, but you're now importing a dependency on the subgraph and 
Well, you know, like developers, maybe they don't use it. They use their own tools uh, to build UIs. They, they will have to use go through that because they ha have to replay the entire thing, as, as you mentioned. Uh, if it's too much, well, like that, query. I well, don't want We to... can look at, like, yeah, well, let's take it offline and talk about it. Sure. If, if, I, my only concern would be it's just the gas cost of doing it. I need to see what the L2 gas cost would be. I don't think it's, I think it's pretty minor, so you could potentially do it. I know your use case, Caleb, so we can talk. Okay. Um, all right, that's it from well, TV continued on the other stuff. But yeah, in terms of the SIP, if, does anybody else have more questions? I think we can proceed. Uh, David. Yep. Sorry, I was muted. Um, so yeah, I think we can proceed to the next SIP. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, David. Um, just so everyone uh, attending knows, we did. Um, I don't think I mentioned this before. We posted the SIP in the Gov call chat. So going forward, you could see um, the updated SIP uh, that we'll be um, presenting. So um, next uh, next one up, we're going to present SIP one thirty seven which is uh, synchronized epoch. So um, we'll go ahead and flip it over to the presenter. And let me throw the link in the GovCall chat real quick for everybody. Um, and again, you can find this one under the, the sips.synthetics.io uh, site as well. Uh, thanks, Caleb. All right, so it's also in the GovCall chat. So over to the um, proposer. Uh, thanks, David. Uh, evening, everyone. Um, okay, I'm going to chat to you guys about 137, the synchronization of the current governance epochs that we have. Um, I don't know, quite a few will probably remember, but I think it was about two months ago, um, I posted a couple of proposals on Discord, and there was quite a lot of uh, uh, volatile discussion around it. It was good, uh, and at that point, there was a bit of pushback uh, on it because uh, it was still a new idea and wasn't properly for, for, uh, formulated. And I thought I'll just leave it um, and let things play out and see how it plays, plays out. And when was it? I think about a week or two ago, uh, we were talking about it, and it was again talking about the different... Um, uh, DAOs that's got uh, voting coming up, and uh, we asked as the G G DAO, we asked around um, about our own epoch, and people were literally couldn't remember and were just too busy with uh, the important stuff that they were building. And um, then it came around to the point where uh, it was important to to start writing again. And uh, so this was the led to the creation of 137. And just a shout out to Kane. Uh, thanks for the uh, editing that he did on the on the um, SIP to make it more readable. And also to um, uh, oh, I almost forgot my mate in crime now. Um, Andy, he's not online now. Um, for helping me, showing me how to actually put this SIP together um uh, technically so in to to get to the sip itself uh we currently have three dao organizations the spartan council the grants downs uh, synthetics ambassadors that is running on different timelines for when their uh, epoch start and end and if, if you look at the document you can see the uh the gdao um we are already overdue we were End of April was the first three months of our period was, was over. So we already uh, going into a month of extended period. Uh, the council, uh, the, the Spartan Council, Synthetic Council, uh, the epoch ends 8th or 15th of June, around about that period, and ambassadors end end of May. So there's uh, upcoming um, uh, votes to happen, but also, we don't want to have a second 
uh, DAO organization not having uh, um, uh, a vote coming up. So basically the proposal is to take all three the organizations and put them on the same epoch timeline. Just, and you guys can read through the rationale, all the, you know, detail that goes in there. But as you guys know, uh, that's been managing and organizing and working hard on everything. Uh, this is a type of thing that it's not always front of mind. It's not always the first thing that you think of, of uh, organizing and putting in place, you know, building on the protocol and everything that everyone is building and making sure that uh, everything is safe is, is, is the mo more important stuff um, technically. Uh, but this is for governance going forward is very important to get this to make it easier for ourselves to uh, um, to be able to operate within the different DAOs. So people have to operate with different DAOs. Um, make every, this will make things easier for everyone. So the the request is and the actions required first of all is synchronization. So the request is. Let's synchronize the three epochs into one. The second one is continuity uh, to allow the current serving members to continue in their roles uh, until the next vote uh, uh, happens. And then whoever gets voted in will start in the synchronized uh, epoch going forward. Then the restart number three is, the next, is to coordinate the actual starting of the next synchronized epoch. And um, we should have enough, we, we need to make sure that we've got enough time to do it uh, in between everything else that, that, that is happening um, and uh, make sure that it is marketed properly, that everyone gets an opportunity to you know, do what they need to do to present themselves uh, uh, as members and uh, also to get everything set up. Um, Caleb uh, mentioned a couple of things. He gave me input on um, the holidays and expect, uh, exceptions that we just have to uh, also take consideration of. Uh, for instance, the um, the proposal is to start a new synchronized epoch the 1st of July, so that we take uh, the end of this month and next month um, and prepare for uh, a new vote that will have all three organizations be voted for, let's say we started um, that, that, that week or two weeks before uh, towards the end of June, uh, and then officially start the new synchronized epoch 1st of July. That means that we will have uh, uh, one of the epochs end uh, at the end of December. And a lot of countries have got, uh, for instance, here where we are, the major holidays are in December. I think the Southern Hemisphere is, is mostly like that. And uh, so the proposal is for uh, any period or any epoch that's got a major holiday towards the end is to allow for it to for the vote to happen two or three weeks earlier um, so that there's more people available or around to vote and participate in the in, in the process. Uh, we don't necessarily have to shorten or st start the um, uh, the new epoch earlier, we can still keep it, you know, clear, uh, humanly understandable three months at a time, you know, starts at the first of the month, just makes things a little bit clearer and easier. Exceptions, you know, it, it, it speaks for itself. We don't know what happens. Uh, COVID, you know, a world event, something that, uh, that happens and affect people and they're not available or something happens. Uh, the SIP just, uh, makes um, caters for the situation where the council can vote to extend a specific epoch uh, to other address if they can uh, the situation or wait for it to pass or normalize so that uh, the the next epoch can happen again. So that is around the, the specification. Then just another thing that I would like to uh, have the, uh, the core contributors help us is to have a, if this is approved, to have on the on the front end of staking on the front page, uh, a, a small section that clearly shows the current synchronized 
uh, epoch uh, period to show the start uh, date and, and uh, start month and end month. So anyone and everyone that always goes to staking will see the current active uh, um, epoch and will know when it's when it's it's coming up. Um, and then on the actual governance page itself, we can add more detail there. Uh, you know, the developers and front-end developers and designers can uh, decide on exactly what we want and how we want it, but we can expand a more detail there. Uh, maybe, I don't know if we want to put it on, you know, the the list of different organizations and the people that's voted in, but in any case, that's, that's an option uh, that we can add more detail there. Um, let me just see quickly. Then uh, there is also uh, a, a possibility that we can use SCCP to uh, make uh, changes to the current epoch, and that is, of course, to change the duration. If there is a need or uh, a, 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 a community agreement or whatever the, the reason, is for to shorten or, or lengthen the epoch periods uh, we can do it via simple SCCP. we don't have to um, you know do a sip or do anything complicated with that um, and then the mo uh, a very important thing for this is that this is a, a meta governance this is what kane brought in for uh, for me is that this is a, a meta governance sip so we need a unanimous vote from the council uh, on this. Everyone has to uh, agree and support this for this to to be implemented and and actions uh, actioned. Um, yeah, so th that's that's the you know the recap of the actual SIP. Um, I, I, you guys know that it's something that uh, I've touched on a while ago, and I really believe in it. I absolutely believe that it's the right thing to do. It will make our lives easier, better on a lot of levels. And uh, yeah, just asking for everyone's support and for the council to consider it. Thank you. Questions, please. So I have a quick one about the um, SCCP changing of the duration. Is it possible to have like a maximum on that? Because I just think that, I mean, in terms of dangerous meta-governance changes, making the epoch really, really long, for example, would be potentially dangerous. So I don't know that that should be something that a simple majority of the council can do. Because, you know, what if we said, we're just going to set the epoch duration to 10 years? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's a it is a good question. Um, for me, it comes down to uh, to trust and um, yeah, I, I think it's I think initially it might be a good idea to to have a, a maximum, but then again, I think we need to everyone is going to have a, a different view. On what that maximum should be. So, how do we agree on what the maximum should be? Um, because you know we can have anything from four months to twelve months to twenty-four months to whatever. And so, how do we get to a process that makes sense uh, to set a, a maximum? What I would propose, and it's not based on anything in particular but what if we just said the maximum is a whole nother epoch so a maximum the maximum length would be six months and that would only be like in the case of an emergency yeah i don't have the answer for that to be to be honest um i think we'll need some more input on that because again that is a view that's a specific view uh some other people can have a, a much stronger view to say you know we don't want to be limited if we want to put it to four months or to six months or to eight months or ten months you know we need to be trusted or i'm just speaking on behalf of the council you know to do it or not i don't know 
Well, um, we need to be there. able to do it by unanimous SIP. So if it's yeah, just, just a question on that, just thinking through an edge case that I, I hadn't really thought through until now. Um, what is the threshold, if any, of dilution uh, for a unanimous SIP to pass? Like, let's say, for example, that it is unanimous, but then, you know, Spreak gets diluted by, you know, a tenth of a percent of his voting power. Uh, is that sufficient to prevent the SIP from being unanimous? I don't know that we've considered that in in SIP ninety four or whatever whatever it was where we introduced that concept. Yeah, I don't think we did consider that. But let but it, let's for a second just assume that that is the case, right? That like any dilution um, by anyone, I mean, it introduces a, a griefing attack vector that I think is annoying. Um, but let's assume for a second that everyone's acting in good faith. Uh, it is a pretty heavy uh, threshold to pass, right? Like, you know, I would be inclined to provide more flexibility for the council. If the council unanimously votes for something and no one steps in to, uh, you know, dilute them and, and prevent the thing from passing, it feels like that's a pretty genuine expression of the, the will of the token holder. So, you know, I think the fact that if anyone objects at all, they can pretty easily uh, kill that proposal is is probably sufficient um, if there's any concern around, you know, an overreach of power or something like that. Well, the concern, I think, is that if we let it be unlimited set by SCCP, then it wouldn't require that unanimous vote. So, you know, it would only take five of us to decide that we want to be counsel uh, for the next sorry. decade. Right. My, my understanding was even SCCPs that are meta-governance are, are also required um, being unanimous as well. That was my understanding, at least. I might be wrong, but any oh, meta-governance okay. any, any meta change, whether it's a SIP or an SCCP, requires unanimous support from the council and, and can be diluted. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I misunderstood I that. that. I think we should add that, Sprig. Um, to, to update it just for clarity and for prosperity to add just an extra sentence on the fact that this specific ACCP would require uh, a unanimous vote because it's meta governance. Are there any concerns that, that we may not be able to hit the unanimous threshold and like an edge case emergency where we need to extend the Epoch. I don't know. Like let's um, like let's say that the situation is such that a lot of token holders may not be able to vote for whatever uh, reason. So I think the the the, the extension. The let's say there's a there's a need to extend it. Okay, and there's no action taken on um, setting up a next vote. Automatically, we will go into an extended period. I guess, but is that legitimate? I mean, let's say. Let's say the token holders want to have a vote. Like, yes, yes. There should be. So, yeah, so the, at this point is if the council is not available. So let's say uh, there's a SCCP out to update it for, for another month or two or extend it or whatever. Um, and one of the council members are not available and we can't get it through you know if the entire community is in favor and supporting it and the council can't get hold of someone because someone is not available uh, and there's a specific need then you know there's no need you know that can be recorded as uh, as an exception to say listen we tried everything we can to get hold of this person but something happened uh, we're going ahead with it 
uh, and it's transparent, it's clear, the whole community has been shouting for it or whatever. Um, you know, okay, but what if what if it's like ninety five percent of the community is, and five percent just really wants to vote? Ninety five is five. Which way goes which way? If ninety five percent of the community is fine with an extended period, yeah. or an extended epoch, and five percent is not and wants to vote. And in that situation, there's at least one council member who's unavailable for whatever reason. But then we can't enact the vote. So it doesn't matter how much uh, someone wants wants to have it. Even if if hundred uh, percent of the community say, "Listen, uh, this uh, let's the council needs to vote on this," but the one person is not available, then you know it's an exception that can't be forced. Then. You know, it can be said that the council should have some kind of uh, governance that to to handle these kind of things. So I don't but, think this kind of uh, governance should be put on uh, uh, external action uh, or external processes. So I think the the council first and foremost needs to have a, a type of uh, backup plans or processes in place to cater for this kind of situation. Yeah, I understand, but I guess what I'm saying is I'm just not comfortable with the idea of, oh, well, we want to delay it, and we would have if all the council was here, but since they're not, we're just not going to have a vote because we just won't call one. That doesn't seem like a good precedent, really. If you look at it from, 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 from that perspective, so let's just... Let's just pull it back a bit, uh, because we've done, run down a, a route here for a bit. So this this ACCP is, oh sorry, the, the, the vote to change the duration is, is, is not really to do, um, uh, let me just think here quickly. Um, so my original, when I, when I wrote this was, um, currently the epoch is set for, for three months. Okay, so that's a general uh, operational thing. So we're moving to a period where we realize that the people that's operating in these uh, um, organizations need more time. They are established. They've proven themselves. Uh, they need to do, get things done. We want, uh, you know, there's a proposal to extend the, the epoch um, or to, to change the epoch duration from three months to four months or three months to six months or something like that. And your concern is someone can just say, you know, change it to 10 years. Um, so that's a normal operational thing of uh, uh, normal operational governance of, you know, people working and allowing them to operate in a certain period. So that's not, uh, you know, in case of exceptions where we've got an exception of something has happened and a vote cannot happen, or it's really difficult to, for a vote to happen because there's a worldwide fucking uh, you know breakdown of something. I don't know what I'm trying to think of what would cause it, but it's a bit difficult. In that case, you know the Spartan Council can vote uh, on an emergency uh, a vote to say, listen, the people operating currently can uh, stay on longer for another month. It is not to extend the, the continuous uh, um, epoch period. It is an emergency um, vote just to extend it until uh, a problem is over. Um, this is the, the normal operating thing. So, you, so your concern is, so we must just distinguish the two things, you know, exceptions, problems, something happens, and, you know, the sky is falling down and we need to extend the epoch. That is yeah. once of uh, once of periods. That's you know that that's what that's something that we need to uh, find out how to deal with. Um, the second one is the is the more the basic normal operating uh, uh, epoch periods where uh, people are operating and they're working. And your concern is that uh, someone is going to draw up an SCCP that says, uh, "Let's make it ten years and." 
the whole Spartan Council is going to agree with it. Well, with you there, I know for a fact it's not going to happen <laughs> because we're having this conversation. But your concern is that someone is going to set it to uh, forever. I'm, now, I'm actually not concerned about that anymore. Okay. But I, I was only worried about that as a five of nine or whatever, five of eight. Okay. Okay. So that will as be an eight of a eight. unanimous voting. Yeah, that one's definitely unanimous. But so is this emergency vote, is that unanimous? And my sense is no, right? My sense is that the intent here is to is to carve out uh, the ability for a subset of the council to extend under specific circumstances for, you know, uh, a, a fixed amount of time. And I think at that point, constraining it makes sense. I mean, ultimately, an SIP can override SIP 90, SIP 94, you know, it can override and set the, uh, you know, the, the epoch duration to 10 years. Like that can always happen, right? There can always be a SIP that overrides the, the previous SIP. So, um, right. That's that why I'm not worried about that. Yeah, exactly. But so that, that's, I think, I think to, to create a provision in here where the council unanimously agrees that under certain circumstances for a fixed amount of time, a month, an extra epoch, whatever the number is, uh, that a non-unanimous vote can occur is interesting just from a, a governance, meta-governance perspective. Like can, does the council have the right to modify, you know, meta-governance? Like, I guess, yes, theoretically, um, if it's constrained, if the token holders really hate that, um, I think they can dilute and they can prevent that from happening. Um, but from my perspective, I don't have a huge issue um, as a token holder, just speaking as a, as a token holder. I don't see a huge issue with the council unanimously saying that we have the ability to extend uh, the, the current epoch in an emergency for a further epoch, um, you know, without it being a unanimous vote. Um, but, you know, you can take that to its logical conclusion and say, Actually, the council's going to vote to say we can, without a unanimous vote, extend the epoch infinitely, right? At which point you get to the problem that you were concerned about, Spreek. So it's a question of, you know, do we enforce this um, unanimous constraint on any change to governance and that you can't do a meta-governance change to remove that? My, my sense is that's probably the safer path to say you actually can't do any meta-governance actions including modifying meta governance without a unanimous vote. Um, so uh, that that's my that's my kind of high level take. I'd be curious if Andy's there, if he has a thought about this as well, because he's, he's thought about this quite a bit. What if you just um, you let there be one emergency extension, but you can't chain them. So you get one and then after that, it has to be unanimous if you want to do it again. I think that makes sense. I mean, it's probably okay. I'm probably, I'm probably being, I'm probably um, being overly cautious here. I think that's probably I, fine. Um, but you could, you know, what's the mechanism whereby you could say, well, you get two or you get five or you get 10. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's the same mechanism, then it opens up the possibility of that becoming an attack. vector. Well, you just say that the, the absolute maximum you can go, like maybe what you say is, you can only do you can only do two epochs in a row without a vote. So right, and that can't be, and that's not modifiable at all under any circumstances through meta governance yeah. or anything. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's an interesting again. It's an interesting meta governance discussion, but yeah, I think I could probably get behind that. Because what I'm concerned about is in an emergency, there's a correlation between people not being able to vote and council members not being able to vote. So if we're in a situation where a lot of people can't vote on new council members, then you're disproportionately likely to have one or more council members that, for whatever reason, temporarily can't vote. Agreed. And it's probably safer in such a case to maintain the council you have rather than, you know, potentially letting bad actors who are a small minority vote in a new council.
Yeah, agreed. I, I agree on on all fronts there. I think the risk, you know, uh, the risk here is, and um, without going too too deep down this, right, is like you know this idea of uh, some kind of false emergency, right, that's constructed by you know uh, a council that's gone rogue to prevent itself from being removed, right? Um, I don't think it's a huge risk factor um but you know we just we just got out of uh an era of uh in, in u.s politics you know where that was potentially uh, a play that was you know on the table right so i think it is possible for a governing body to create some kind of false emergency to you know take over some emergency powers to continue um you know controlling the protocol i don't think it's a huge risk because we have the ability to dilute um, which is, you know, allows token holders to kind of directly come in and, and block that. Um, but yeah, it's it's something we should be wary of when we're discussing meta governance. And also with the majority, there's a lot of bad things we can do. So that's probably not the highest on the list. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. It's just the meta governance thing, I think. Like typical governance, I think we're fine. It's, it's you know, when you get into meta governance, you can have things that become hard to unwind if, if they get through. So um you know this is obviously an example of that but I, I think it's fine i think uh creating setting that precedent in a sip um is probably fine so the question is where where does this get uh covered where do we define those specific um settings i think in there's something the, that in the sip itself the sip can, yeah, yeah. can specify that and again, you know, because it's a meta governance SIP, it needs to be unanimous, but the SIP itself can specify that, you know, the council at its discretion can extend an epoch up to, you know, an additional epoch uh, if there's some kind of, you know, issue with the voting process. So are we agreeing on uh, only one additional epoch uh, without a vote that the council can uh, extend on and then a vote has to be enacted? think so is there any objections to that uh, anyone else want to jump in here i think you could just add it to under five exceptions if you just yes. put put an, another sentence in there i think that would work okay. all right i'll i'll update it there um so just to make sure before i do it we agree that uh, as part of the SIP, uh, we will allow the the, the council uh, to, without a unanimous uh, vote, extend the epoch only once, or is it still unanimous? Yeah, without an, a unanimous vote in an okay. emergency, yes, you yes, can extend okay. it once, or okay. up to okay. up to one additional. Epoch. Okay. And then after that, come out of high water, there has to be a vote. Yeah, I think if if an entire epoch goes by and it's still an emergency, then we have bigger problems anyway. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay, I'll I'll update that. Um anyone else? Anyone else got some more questions for us? Or input. I think I brought this up. This is unrelated to our previous discussion, but I think I brought this up when you first. Um, you know, then, uh, then you know, it's natural uh, that there's a there's a vacancy, and more than one person should should uh, come in. Um, but um, I'm also open to be convinced otherwise. So how, your question is, how do we run? I think that's a that's an interesting part because we need to have a you know a consolidated probably uh, a UI where we um, have the the three entities uh, uh, listed and um, the different people that is uh, you know uh, putting themselves forward for it. I'm not 100% sure how this all pulls together, but yeah, I don't think this addresses it. Um, 
and you know how people should do it you know right now there's no rule um it's everyone's you know uh, own um view on if they want to or should do it uh so how are we going to do this the you know, front end is if someone wants to put their name on two lists you know so be it um uh, maybe i'll <laughs> write a different sub later on but now that is a sensitive thing because uh people ca could feel you know uh, attacked or singled out which is not the case and i and i don't want to you know hammer on that it's just something that i raised and i think the rest of the community need to process it more and think about it more and we're still early on here so you know there's a lot of time for this to to naturally work itself out um and uh, for for me the other thing that i that i thinking of more of the different entities sorry i'm going down a different track here uh you know people working together i think it's important that um that the teams that uh, you know has been working together also have some kind of uh, input on um either people not performing at all which currently is not the case because i think everyone is working well but if there's uh, a new member coming in and someone really you know doesn't work out the the team needs to have some kind of uh place or option or functionality to voice it or you know without uh, going into a negative thing or a fight but what we don't what I, what i don't want is that if you know someone um uh let's see say myself you know i really mess around in the gdl and i don't pull my weight uh but you guys don't know that other people uh, don't know that only the team know, uh, knows that and you know next epoch comes around and i put my name in there i've got a crap ton of snx which i don't have but you know i can vote myself up uh, and then have uh you know community member twitter following that they can vote me up um that is more bigger concern for me than people being on two two uh, councils, which might just be fine. Uh, I think somehow we need to have teams be able to give input and voice also of if someone really doesn't pull their weight. I'll stop there. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I think we're okay proceeding on just like a norm yeah. of only running for at most two and ideally one only two if you really think you're the best possible yeah, person yeah, for both yeah. of them yeah because obviously uh, like the, the the risk factor here is that you know you don't want to have the five most popular people in all of the voted in roles i mean it just doesn't make sense yeah and potentially if everyone ran at the same time on the same ballot all of them then you might get the same people on all of the yeah that's true so you know something silly like a a, a 360 review process um you know i don't want to bring you know corporate or company type of things into this type of environment but um part of transparency is uh, i think all of the DAOs right now is trying to make sure that everyone knows what everyone is doing um but you know as for instance the gdao we've got a separate discord because we've got a crap ton of different projects that we're tracking in the um uh, um discord itself that's our project management type of tool that, that we're using uh, i don't think everyone is seeing what we're doing so we need to find ways to to show people more what you know the different organizations is doing so that people can get the insight uh, to make sure, really sure they understand the, the candidates and happy to vote for them that it's not a popularity thing but it's like a real uh, performance uh, type of thing yeah i agree but i think no matter what you're going to have the people that just you know they're lazy and they just kind of pick their favorite person for yeah <laughs> for every ballot that person is on i mean you see it all the time in all kinds of voting even things yeah. that are much more serious than this so yeah yeah, yeah. 
Okay, cool. Um, so last call for, for questions or feedback input on 137. It's not David, then uh, over to you. Thanks, buddy. I think anything I'd say to that um, is maybe we can have a session on it in a governance call. Maybe we can have a little moment on it. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's not, but it just, I, I, I actually believe a lot of what you're saying about giving people space to join and, and you know, and also accountability for council members. So maybe there's some time to do it um, tomorrow on the governance yeah. call. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Um, so, um, all right, so we'll keep, keep moving. We've got two more, so I'm going to flip it over to um, SIP 139, which is allowing um, the owner to reset decentralized circuit breaker. Um, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it's not a very exciting SIP, um, but for the, some of you who know, there's a SIP called 60, SIP 65, that if the difference of the current uh, market rate of a synth is more than this thing called the price deviation threshold factor. If it's more than that away from the last time it was traded, the synth gets automatically suspended and then the protocol DAO needs to investigate. Um, unfortunately, what has happened a few times is a synth, like particularly ETC, <laughs> just went um, not too long ago. It gets suspended, but um, because it potentially hasn't been traded for quite a long time, so the old price that we have is quite, st quite stale. Um, and then if it's resumed by the PDAO, then the next time someone trades, it just simply uh, it simply gets suspended again. So all this is is just allowing the, the PDAO to basically stop or basically update the last price that something was, um, uh, the last price that something was basically trading at. That's all it is. Really, so that we don't have a situation where we have sense that just can't be resumed. Don't have any questions? It's, it's exciting, Sip. It's like we uh, we have a I hand raise. Uh, we have a hand yeah. raise. I'm gonna just invite the person to speak. Let's see, Depeche Mode, you should be able to speak. Um, I think you may have to accept my invitation to speak. It says invite sent on my end. Looks like the request is gone now. Um, I guess, you know, maybe try again if you do have a question. Otherwise, alternatively, you could put the question in um, the GovCall chat. So, um, yeah, I'll keep an eye on the GovCall chat. And I can move on to the next one then. There's no questions. Oh. Cool. Um, so, hey. yeah, to proceed, uh, we, we still, uh, Justin. Still, uh, still our presenter. Nothing's changed there. I will uh, be presenting SIP 140, um, which is a lot of exchanging into an origin address. So, uh, if you uh, put the SIP in the Gov call chat as well, if you want to follow along. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 140 is basically been encouraged from um, our friends at One Inch who basically want to. Uh, thanks, Alexander. My face there. Um, my hair's a lot longer now, though. I'm gonna need a new one. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, SIP140 is basically for one inch in particular who would like to do routes like wrap Bitcoin to SUSD through Synthetics. Um, they can't because the way that one inch works is they create you a contract for the actual uh, exchange that does all the hops. And then at the end, it basically sends you, um, it sends you whatever the, the asset was. So if you go to, I don't know, let's say you do SUSD to Lidale, LDO, right? Like the end of the transaction, um, one inch of the contract will send you uh, that. Uh, those LDO tokens and that contract's created every um, transaction so it's unique to you so we can't sort of in advance uh, prove that contract so this is basically a proposal to add an additional exchange function to synthetics whereby um, instead of just a regular exchange that that the person who initiates you know, whatever the message sender so the user or the uh, contract that initiates the exchange is the one that ends up with the 
since and also ends up with the fee reclamation. Um, that that would be there'll be an additional function that allows you to do that, but the TX origin would actually have the would have the receive uh, would receive the sense in the end. Now TX origin is obviously not a thing for those of you who know Solidity. It's not something you should ever use for authorization, but in this case, it's merely to give the proceeds of the um, of the exchange to them. Now this works in most cases, but it doesn't work if someone was to say write a contract that were to go through one inch itself. Um, because then the person who initiates the con the, that first contract would end up getting the sense, which may not be the intended desire. So it's it's quite of a sort of a, a niche use case, but it's actually quite a trivial um, change for us to do. So we'd like to do it because we'd like to, you know, any volume that you know more we can get through synthetics is good for uh, all the synthetics so SNX stakers. Yeah, can you explain a little bit about the trade-off or the risk with um, contracts like the Gnosis safe? I see that in the SIP. And so if someone yeah, so were to do that, then they would lose their money? Is that it? Or No, no. the signer, the, the one signer in the safe who does the execution is the one who would get the funds. So instead of the multi-sig getting the, the proceeds of the exchange, the, per, the, the one person who decided to do the execution would get it. Which is obviously not what you want with the multi-sig, right? Your intention with the multi-sig, if you were going to multi-sig through one inch, would be, I imagine, that the sense would end up in the multi-sig wallet, but instead it would end up in the person who executed it. That's the TX origin, because every transaction on Ethereum has to, you know, initiate from an EOA, an externally owned account, and that's what TX origin will get you. So it wouldn't be unrecoverable, but it may not be option optimal for a lot of cases now. This is not something we obviously not. We're not going to put in our DAP, and we're going to, you know, obviously work with one inch to get it integrated. Um, but it is possible if people use it without knowing, understanding it. It's possible that you know there's unintended consequences, like I, the one I just mentioned. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I think that's a reasonable thing to accept in return for getting one inch usability. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get you all of one inch because you know one inch would like to also use synthetics as one step in the in the route, in the well, one leg in the route, should I speak? This will only allow them to do synthetics as the last uh, leg in the route, but you know, SIP one twenty T WAP Oracle should basically um, be the other solution, so that it can be any step. But that's still a little little ways away, and and SIP one twenty uh, will only target uh, crypto synths because it's using any swap, so it won't include equities or anything like that. So, so this will, will handle you know, any sync. Is there any situation you Just can think it. of where people would lose their money because of this TX origin thing? Like besides the somewhat not malicious can, not, that think of, not that I can think of, but I, I put it together pretty quickly talking to one inch. Um, so I'm prepared to, I'm trying to get some more feedback from other people. There's nothing off the top of my head, but it's it's only come out the last few days. So um, yeah, I would like to get a bit more feedback from other people, but no, nothing's come up yet so far that anyone could think of. Because the because the uh, the person who initiates the transaction is the one that ends up with the funds. That the it's always the message sender who basically gets the um, who does the exchange. You know, and there's no way for the uh, sender to actually transmit who they want to be the. Uh, Recipient, other than just you know, it's just the TX origin. Okay, sounds good. Oh, cool. okay. Well, I don't know if there's any other questions. I don't see any questions in the channel. Um, they're not the most exciting tips, but I mean, well, I think the, the first one's not very exciting. One thirty-nine, but one forty would be great to get um, some more volume with one inch. It's something that's been a, a problem. You know, but I think they've obviously seen the success of cross asset swaps in Curve, and they'd like to get a bit of get a bit of that action. So um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's definitely something we want to we want to get to something we're pushing, and something we'd actually like to see at some point in L two as well. Cool. Well, thanks, uh, thanks, Justin. Uh, was there a question? I don't think so. So uh, yeah, if that's that's it, um, that concludes our 
session today. So thank you for attending. We appreciate your time. And uh, we'll go ahead and make the recording available. So um, yeah, hope you have a great day and thanks again. And we'll uh, we'll announce the next uh, SIPs presentation when that will be in the, uh, keep an eye on the announcements channel. So, oh, and on Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday, we have a governance call. Um, so that one right. is scheduled. Maybe it's the same Wednesday because it's not Wednesday for everyone. Like ah, good point. 23 good point. hours yeah. from now. So, yeah, so basically like, um, uh, good point. Yeah, 23 hours from now. Thank you, Justin. Um, we have our, our governance call. So um, that's the May community governance call. And uh, we'll be here. So uh, looking forward to hopefully seeing everybody then. All right, thanks everyone.